Welcome to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Candace Sampson. Of course, the year that Halloween finally falls on a Saturday night, it's during a pandemic, which means our ghoulish gatherings will have to wait until next year. That doesn't mean it can't be sweet, though, with lots of Halloween candy and spooky movies at home to set the stage. Unfortunately, I have no ghosts or goblins joining me here today, though, just some great interviews with amazing Canadian women, starting with Nancy Taylor from Meridian Credit Union. Female entrepreneurs in Canada have been hard hit with COVID-19, and the struggle to ride out this storm is intense. Nancy joins me with some of the more sobering statistics, but more importantly, some concrete steps you can take to keep your cash flow in the positive while you pivot your business plan. How we communicate was increasingly done online pre-pandemic, but in a COVID world, the creep of social media into our everyday lives can no longer be ignored. Susie Parker joins me to discuss how social media affects our daily lives, including how we relate to each other, but also how we shop, work, and even parent. Speaking of kids, they may not be going from door to door trick-or-treating tonight, but the candy isn't going anywhere. In fact, I'd wager parents may be overcompensating in that area just to soothe the burn of a Halloween gone amiss. Aneta Deddy from Dental X here in Vaughan joins me to share the lowdown on doling out those sugary sweets. Plus, she shares a fun way her dental clinic is jumping in to save Halloween for local trick-or-treaters. Yvonne Akpoteva is an expert on change, and since the change has been constant this year, she joins me to share her actionable tips for individuals to drive change in their lives and to adapt changes, good and bad, in a way that serves them. And Brody joins me to share details about the heartwarming new documentary about Jimmy Carter called Jimmy Carter, Rock and Roll President, about the mole agent, And there she goes with the inexhaustible David Tennant, plus a whole slew of scary movies for tonight. Finally, life with baby is not easy, and it can be especially challenging trying to ensure the whole family gets the nutrition they need to stay healthy. Abby Sharp from Abby's Kitchen and Heinz by Nature Ambassador joins me to share her best tips to keep everyone from baby to mom in optimal health. So grab a drink. Let's get going with what she said for this week. Female entrepreneurs in Canada have been hard hit with COVID-19 and the struggle to ride out this storm is intense. Thankfully, our friends at Meridian Credit Union understand and are here to help. Joining me now to discuss is Nancy Taylor, Senior Wealth Advisor, Mutual Funds Investment Specialist with Meridian Credit Union. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. So you and I were discussing before we started this interview, we are excited to get into this topic because it's huge. So let's maybe talk about some of the statistics. What are we looking at in terms of the struggle for female entrepreneurs right now? Such a struggle. There are, um, most women are in the service industry and this is the area that's been impacted the most. You know, women aren't necessarily in manufacturing and technology. The services are what's been hit. So as a young entrepreneur or as a woman entrepreneur, uh, we already carry so much of the load in our household, but um, it's just, I feel like this sector has been hit the hardest. Yeah, it's the, uh, you know, I, we all are dealing with, you know, the, the realities of working at home and, uh, you know, home learning and, you know, 
we can't eat out anymore. <laughs> All of that is sort of compounding the stress. But for an entrepreneur, there is a sort of an extra stressor, isn't there? Especially for the female. You know, before COVID, health, like childcare was already in a critical period, affordable childcare. And now, you know, a lot of the children are at home and women entrepreneurs are trying to successfully run their business while um, being worried now about childcare. You know, 60% of women in Canada are unpaid caregivers. So we're caring for loved ones, uh, the elderly, looking after the household um, chores and all the things that come with that. So I feel like this is just added another layer of uh, stress, which is affecting women's health. And uh, it's, I feel like it's, you know, getting to a critical period now where um, I feel like we need to give women tips on how they can cope through this so that they continue to have a successful cash flow while looking after all the loved ones. Okay, so let's talk about that then. So what are some of the ways to manage this crisis? So there are some really good resources out there that women might not be um, aware of. There's, a, there's two resources that are um, fantastic for small business owners. One's called the WES. It's, um, it's a woman's entrepreneur strategy, which has amazing resources in it. And there's actually a hub full of, like chocked full of resources, networking, expertise uh, that are available. So those are two that they can quickly access online. Um, another tip would be just learning to ask for help. I feel like women don't always um, feel like they should. They don't want to be a burden on anybody. But just look in your backyard and who do you have available, um, you know, in your neighborhood or in your family that you can just say, you know what, I just need help to get through this next month. Are you able to take, you know, my mother to a doctor's appointment for me? Or I, I feel like we don't do a good job of this because we pride ourselves in being the everything to everybody, right? Right, and, and you know, this, this point here sort of connects back to your first point about that networking. And I am starting to see this a lot in my network is women sort of supporting other women and really offering uh, their services to keep another female entrepreneur afloat, uh, to somehow help them with their marketing. Uh, there's a lot of that going on, which is, which is super encouraging. So your network is crucial right now. Yeah, I'm going to give you a great example of that. Uh, in January, I was meeting with one of my golf ladies that I golf with regularly during the summer. Um, and we met in, in a restaurant in January when we still could. And I was telling her that I read an article that, you know, for the first time ever in North America after Christmas, uh, retail uh, online sales superseded retail sales for the first time. And I was so surprised. And that got her thinking. So she has a storefront, retail, home decor, and a quaint little village here in Niagara region. And uh, she started thinking, well, how am I going to keep my business relevant? How am, I, how am I going to be relevant today and down the road? How do I do that pivot to make sure that I'm capturing this audience? And then COVID hit. So then we were golfing this summer, and she golfs with three financial advisors from three different institutions, and she, was pick she picked our brains. She said, okay, you told me this in December, then COVID hit. I need to understand what does this mean for me? Can you give me the resources that I need? So we all gave her different, and we were all a little bit different in our advice, but she listened. And she went back to the drawing board of when she first started her business and what made her successful. And she put a plan in place. 
So she took advantage of her time during COVID. Um, she went online, learned how to be online more proficiently, uh, learned how to use social media to her advantage. And she's, you know, in her late 50s. So this was all new for her. But she didn't let the fears stop her. She looked at her backyard and looked at free resources that were at her fingertips. Um, she sold her home, used some of the proceeds to uh, move into her business. So she has a, she, she renovated her business. So she stayed, she lives there now and she learned what she needed to do to be relevant and successful for tomorrow in a very short period of time. And there's really good success stories out there of how, of how business owners have done this. And, um, and that really I, sort of covers your next point about the ability to pivot. I think we've been in this long enough, seven months. Uh, I think now, instead of running in place, we need to start moving forward on how life is going to look under this new reality. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's really good stories like that out there where, you know, a distillery is now selling hand dis, uh, sanitizer or fashion designers that are learning how to make the most of this mask uh, and how to make it fashionable. So there are stories like that. I, I just encourage people to talk, talk it out. Don't try to go it alone. Make sure you have really good people at your table for, for pure advice. Um, you know, a good accountant, somebody, maybe hire somebody that's great online that can help you uh, to how to take your business to another level. Because I, I feel like this is the new norm. I know everybody says that, but uh, people are finding that it's an efficient use of time to buy and shop online. So, People that do it well have used the resources at their fingertips to, to educate themselves instead of, um, you know, backing away from the fear of it, the fear of the unknown. Okay, so let's talk about the cash flow then, because that is that is king right now, uh, or queen in this case. So, uh, you know, people come to Meridian Credit Union. How are you helping them uh, figure out ways to keep a positive cash flow going? I feel like we do a really good job making sure we're both successful. So it's all about communication and having a good relationship with your financial institution and the people at your table, whether it's a commercial specialist or small business advisor or a wealth advisor, they kind of all work together. So tap into those expertise because there are, interest rates are low. It's, you know, it's easy to lend to a lot of these kinds of businesses, especially if they've been successful in the past and they've done well with their money. And working with a good wealth advisor to make sure your cash flow is always strong, you have a good savings to fall back on when, when times are like this. And don't be embarrassed to say, I haven't done this. Don't be ashamed because we know what we know, but business owners are good plugging away at what they do well and try to do it alone. And they don't always have that um, confidence to approach a professional that can really partner with them. And it's so rewarding when you can help. Uh, a small business owner or a, any any business owner help take their business to another level. It's it's scary. I get that, but showing up and just asking for help is the first step. Right. Yeah. It's one of my favorite expressions is you can't see the outside of the jar when you're in it. And uh, as a business owner, oftentimes you are so busy in the weeds trying to just stay afloat that it really does help to have somebody who can look above and see the big picture for you. Absolutely. And I think just with women being in the service sector and a lot of them being self-employed, um, having, having those professionals that you can really rely on to help you, they can't do everything, but working together and strategizing with them, I think just 
takes that little bit of stress away so that you don't have to do everything, right? Right. Okay, excellent. Nancy, always a pleasure having you here. If people want to connect with you or somebody at Meridian Credit Union, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, www.meridiancu.ca and we have all of our advisors and small business and commercial advisors uh, with their photos and their bios attached. So I encourage your listeners to reach out. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Candace. Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. How we communicate with each other is now done online, and much of that is done through social media channels. Susie Parker is a digital marketing expert, writer, and trusted media commentator on the current and future state of social media, having been featured on CBC, CTV, Global News, The Globe and Mail, and many more. She consults on public relations, marketing trends, and the intersection of consumer behavior. Susie focuses on how social media affects our daily lives, including how we relate to each other, but also how we shop, work, and even parent. Welcome to the show, Susie. Thanks for having me, Candice. So I think, you know, your, your career is very cool and, and pre-pandemic would have been, uh, you know, very interesting to look at how this is all working in our society. But now under the umbrella of COVID, how are you seeing social media being used? Well, like you said, we're spending a lot of our time online. So when this first wave of the pandemic hit, I was doing a lot of media and segments talking about, okay, how do we work from home during this pandemic? And then it was, okay, how do we work from home and have school-age children at home during a pandemic? And then we tried to go back out into the world, like act like everything was normal. And now we're all getting pulled back home. So there's been a lot of changes and you can imagine how hard that is for adults. You can imagine that it's putting our kids under tremendous stress as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, one of the things I think about is, you know, how many different ways people can communicate with me now. It used to be, you know, and I'm dating myself, but a phone call. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, I can be reached uh, through private messaging on multiple social media platforms. I can be texted. Uh, you know, people can communicate with me uh, not even through private messaging, but, you know, out in public on Instagram. And so how is that affecting us, all of these different ways that we we interact with each other. Well, I think it's really hard too when you're working from home and we're not just working from home right now, but we're working from home during a pandemic. So I really feel like that language has to be reinforced as we talk about all this because this is not normal. This is not anything that we had moved towards as a society. We were kind of forced to this option. So what that means is that there is no delineation between work life and school life and our regular life now. Everything is kind of blended into one kind of existence. And whether that's online or offline, you feel connected to your device or that you should at least be available or answering questions or doing schoolwork or doing something. If that device is on, it can be a real challenge to disconnect and just be with your own thoughts and your own people, your own surroundings, not attached to anything online right now. 
Yeah. And I find it very hard. Like I said, you know, if I might want to go to Instagram to uh, decompress and there's a message there for me for something to do with work uh, because people can reach out to me. So I have a hard time drawing those boundaries. I imagine it must be a lot harder for our children. Uh, so how, you know, how are kids uh, coping with all of this? Well, I think that it kind of depends in terms of what stage they're at, right? So the smaller they are, the more parental guidance they might be needing in terms of how to handle their Zoom um, work and how to handle their school interactions. But as they get older and you kind of have to let go of that control and kind of give them more um, autonomy and more self-responsibility, it can be challenging because as they are feeling and we are feeling, there's that constant pull to be connected or at least to be doing something online that's connected to school and even if it's an extra extracurricular activity or even tutoring, right? So I think what's really important is that we as adults model positive behavior and model behavior that we want to see in our kids and to talk out loud about what we're doing and why we're doing it. So for example, if you're getting up in the morning and your usual routine was to scroll your email or to scroll social media and you find that too overwhelming now, I think it's a good thing to have that conversation with your kids and with your household and say, you know what, maybe when we wake up in the morning now, we shouldn't look at our devices right away. Let's put them in the kitchen, you know, in a pile where they can rest until we come down in the morning ready to face our day. Now, whatever that looks like in your household might be different, but if you can set some kind of household boundaries and show your kids that no, they do not need to be attached to these things, they do not need to be on Snapchat or TikTok or everything all day because they are on those devices for school all day, it might provide some semblance of boundaries and some detachment they can take to giving their mind space a little bit of a break. Okay. We don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to touch on one thing. Disinformation. It's everywhere. How do you recommend parents open up those conversations with their kids? Because it's, you can't escape it right now. Yeah, so I think it's as simple as um, you know asking your kids, so what have you seen online lately? What have you seen on Snapchat or TikTok or wherever it is that they're hanging out? What have you seen about the pandemic? What have you seen about the return to school? What are you hearing from your friends? And having a conversation that way about what they're consuming online. And then you can sort of act as that perhaps that fact checker or say, okay, you know, that's not exactly what happened uh, in the press conference or what came uh, in the information from our provincial health minister. Let's watch this clip together and see if we can learn something more than what you saw online. And I think it's a really good way for parents and educators and guardians to really be aware of what their kids are watching online, how to instill that idea of critical thinking and to question what you see, what the source was, where it came from, can it be verified, and to have those conversations with your kids to make them into good internet citizens. Yeah, and I would tell parents as well, just to add to that, you know, if you don't have a TikTok account, get one. You know, yeah. look to see what your kids are seeing. You don't have yeah. to be friends with them, but certainly you'll, you'll be able to see the same things they're seeing, right? Yeah. And at the beginning of this pandemic, that was one of the things that I recommended actually was that because you were going to be cooped up in your home for, you know, this lockdown was to get a TikTok account, start doing some of those dance challenges with your kids and find out how they're behaving online and just be a part of that world with them. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So if people want to connect with you, then where can they find you, Susie? Easiest place is Twitter and Instagram with my handle, which is Susie, S-U-S-I-E underscore Parker. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Candice. There's a place where we belong.
matter what it's going to look like tonight, one thing is certain for Halloween 2020, there will be candy. Joining me today, just in time to save Halloween, and our teeth is Anita Deddy, the owner of Dental X, a full dental office here in Vaughan. Welcome back, Anita. Thank you for having me, I guess. So, for, so first, tell me what you're doing tonight to save Halloween for the local trick-or-treaters, because I think this is just so sweet. And so what we are doing is uh, we are doing a, a drive through trick-or-treating. So we have um, a lot of um, our patients and our neighbors and whoever wants to join us, um, they will have a, a drive through and we will uh, wait for them on the drive through to give them some trick-or-treat babies. And then um, the kids that have um, Halloween costume will take pictures of them and uh, we'll have um, a contest. So the best um, costume will uh, win the first prize, but we have a second and a third prize. Um, the first prize will get uh, an electric toothbrush um, and a free dental checkup and a free dental cleaning. The second prize will get uh, a free dental checkup and a free dental cleaning. And the third prize will win a free dental cleaning. Oh, that's so, that's so great. I love that. Uh, what a nice way to save Halloween for the kids this year. But So let's talk about the candy because... That's a big one for parents, and I think parents are probably going to overcompensate by giving their kids lots of candy this year. <laughs> so let's talk about how we keep our kids' teeth healthy. What are your best tips for that? So what, um, what we suggest is usually, um, I know this year will be a little different. I'm not sure how much the kids will go out, but um, what we usually suggest is um, the night uh, that uh, all the kids have the candy, the parents should go through the candies. Um, and uh, choose the best ones for them uh, to eat. So what I usually say is I have a little basket here. Um, so we have um, the best candies that you can give or you can, uh, you know, like you can have for your kids are the chocolates. Uh, chocolates are very easy to get washed away from, uh, from the teeth. So the saliva will wash them quite easily compared to the chewy and uh, a gooey kind of a candy. Um, also, what I, um, what I usually suggest is the hard candy. It's not such a good idea because that uh, can break your teeth. So we have to be very careful with the hard candy. And uh, sometimes I suggest to add some extra things on your, uh, like on your baggie. So that's what we will do. We'll add some little toys, uh, some little cute things. Uh, these are like spiders. Uh, little spiders so we'll add some stuff so the baggies look full but they're not full of candies they're full of different kinds of things and i think sometimes it's a little bit of a of a change uh, for the for the kids and they can kind of get very excited when they see different things because they only expect candy right so sometimes having some different kind of things inside the bag i think it's a good idea it's a good idea for that you, you know, you bring up a really good point for parents at home because this is the year everything's changed so they can be creative this year with what they're doing and, and perhaps instead of candy, you know, your kids can get something else that they really want or really want to play with uh, that maybe won't affect their teeth so much. So you said that chocolate is best. We want to avoid those sticky treats. Um, you know, what about uh, healthy snacks? Probably a hard sell, but we could slip them in. <laughs> So what, uh, what I say to the parents, I know I'm a parent myself, and um, I say to the parents, you know what, it's a good idea to make kind of a little bit of a, um, like a little bit, um, uh, like let's say a deal with the, with the kids and say, okay, so you will have a couple of uh, chocolate after every meal. So let's um, kind of, you know, like make them spread during the day, not to eat all at once. Uh, because also not just for the teeth, but also that sugar overload is not such a good thing for, uh, you know, like for the kids. So 
So probably it's a good idea to, uh, to give them a couple of uh, candies after the meals. And um, to have a little bit of um, like snacks, very healthy snacks, not, you know, the best, and especially during Halloween, nobody expects that. But sometimes it's a good idea what to do is, um, you know, to make maybe um, a nice shape, maybe a ghost shape, or to make them like a pumpkin shape. There is so many different things we can do. Uh, so sometimes with cucumbers or maybe some uh, pita, some cheese, uh, to make them different kinds of shapes. And the kids will, well, I think they will have fun with it. So they will uh, go ahead and eat them, but to have them pre-made. If you just give them, you know, open the fridge and get something, I don't think they will go for it. But maybe if you have them pre-made in, you know, like in a nice, funny way, probably they will go for it. Yeah, and you you probably want to pull back on those other sugary things that they eat as well, like juices and things like that, right? We want to lay off of that stuff right now. Yes, so I think you know, you have to minimize as much um, sugar as we can, um, also in the let's say on the drinks and on the other foods. So let's say the drinks, if they have you know like no no juices as much, but maybe water would be a good idea. Uh, milk is a great idea because it's a source of calcium. So things that uh, don't have as much sugar in it would be a, a great idea. And the best one that I would suggest is the water. The water is um, is something great that they can they can have during the day and maybe make again a little bit of a deal with them. You know, like you have a couple of uh, a couple of sweets, but you have to drink lots of water. You know, after you have those uh, those treats. Okay, excellent. So, uh, people want to if they, people want to connect with you if they would like to join you tonight uh, for the drive-through trick-or-treating. Uh, where can they find more information for all this? So that would be wonderful. We expect everyone to come and join us. So I would um, I, they they can uh, find us on Facebook on DentalX um, and Instagram DentalX.ca. Which ones that we are actually going to have the um, the prizes. Um, on those uh, sites and also if they want they can um, send a message or you know an email on the website dentalx.ca okay and just quickly give let's give your address out so people know sure it's 170 rimrock road in uh, north york ontario you wonderful <laughs> okay thanks so much for joining me again anita we'll see you soon thank you so much for having me More with Candace Sampson and what she said coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy. Lonely like a highway. She's living in a world and it's on fire. It's been said that change is the only constant in life, and I think we can all agree that change has been constant this year. How we adapt to change is what changes our lives, though. Yvonne Aquaveta is a change management strategist, change leadership advocate, and the founder of The Change Leadership. She is also a published author and motivational speaker. Her book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, outlines actionable tips for individuals to drive change in their lives. Yvonne, you definitely sound like the right woman to talk to right now in light of all of this change. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Great to be on here. So how are you helping? Because you, you know, you typically go out and you advise with companies and you help leaders, but you're also uh, speaking directly to a lot of just women right now who are dealing with all of this. And mm -hmm. what are you telling them? 
Oh gosh, it could be varying because I deal with women who are trying to lead change in the organization. And I am also dealing with women who are going through change in their careers and their personal lives. Oh gosh, I always say one thing, start with self-awareness. That's the one thing I say, start with self-awareness because in order to be able to lead or drive change, whether at work or in your personal life, you need to understand you, your strengths, your weaknesses, what's holding you back and where is you want to go. So that's the starting point, self-awareness. Yeah. And you know, so are there exercises or is there something you help people so they can establish that self-awareness? I mean, where do you even begin with that if it's not something you're really strong at? Yeah. So there's this exercise, it's called the Johari window, which helps you, your known self. So what you know about yourself but there's also what you call your unknown self, things you don't know about yourself. And that's where it comes into speaking with people. What's the feedback people are giving you? But you, first of all, you have to be sure about who you're getting feedback from because people have different perspectives. So think about trusted sources in terms of, you know, to share with you what they think of you. There are online assessments too that you can take to find out about your personality and what it is that you're doing. Only yesterday, a friend asked me, how can I do some um, tests around emotional intelligence, <laughs> which is really important as a skill right now, emotional intelligence, whether you're leading change at work, driving change in the workspace, or even yourself in terms of how you lead and respond to change, emotional intelligence is important. And there are assessment tools out there that can help you identify your strengths and weaknesses. Okay. So you say that we all have the capacity to be change leaders. So what does that look like to be a leader? Yes. So the first thing that we, the first misconception that a lot of people have is they see leadership or leaders as a title or position to say, I have to be in this management position. I have to have this amount of people reporting to me to be seen as a leader, but that's management. That's not leadership. So we all have that capacity to be leaders in our sphere of influence, you know, whether it's at home, because we have people who are reliant on us, whether in the community as part of a volunteering um, volunteering opportunity or whether at work. So to be a change leader, encompasses what I call, I teach on 10 skills or 10 competences. And some of them include how you apply empathy, includes emotional intelligence, how you work with other people. It's really about the ability to be able to bring people on board towards a specific goal. So, you know, and you're doing it at home every day. <laughs> you have uh, well, I really love that differentiation you just made between management and leadership. That's, that's huge to understand the difference between those two things. Um, and I really liked as well that you mentioned empathy. I think we're lacking a lot of that right now. So mm -hmm. how are there, is there, are there ways you tell people how to um, bring more empathy into their life? Again, is this something that you um, can, can practice ways to, to put more of it out there and receive more? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I always try to differentiate for people is when we talk about empathy, it's differentiating between emotional empathy and cognitive empathy. So emotional empathy tends to be what some people would say quite dangerous, whereby you try to feel what somebody else is feeling. So that's where, because I'm a mother, I can kind of empathize with somebody else who is a mother. 
you know, or because I'm a man, I can empathize with somebody who's a man going through certain things. But empathy is really the ability to understand where someone is coming from. That's cognitive empathy, and that's the best to have. And that comes from being able to listen. That comes from being able to connect with people. And when I say listen, actively listen, because sometimes we're not really listening, are we? <laughs> we're listening to respond to the situation, but actively listen to someone, their, how they're responding, their hand movements, their eyes, their, you know, their body language, you know, what they're not saying. So when you start to connect with somebody at a deeper level and you start to understand their perspective, where are they coming from? Why may, why perhaps are they resisting the change? How do we work those resilience into some of these really upsetting changes we're looking at? Because not all changes, you know, you've got a promotion and, uh, or you're moving to a new city. Some changes, you've lost a job, uh, you know, uh, you've got upset in your family. How do we adapt to those changes? Oh, that's where mindset comes in. Mindset is a big part of it. So you, like you rightly said, there are all types of changes, positive and negative. And there are some negative ones we've really gone through, like losing somebody, losing a job, all that, or changing cities. So it's first coming to that acceptance to say, I have control of this situation. Because the first thing we feel is helplessness, right? We feel as if it's out of our control. I cannot do anything about it. So the first is accepting that this is a situation and looking for the silver lining. It's easier said than done. But for me, I, I was just sharing today that when I have so many issues going on in my mind that I feel I don't have control over, the first thing I do is write it out. Just write it out. So that's a release of energy, a release of negative energy when you're able to write it down. Then when I write that thing out, then I in the position to start to look at it very logically to say, how can I turn this situation around? What options are available to me? You know, if I've lost my job, what can I do differently even? Because one of the things that we're finding is if we have that mindset, which is just called, I lost my job as an admin assistant and I have to find another job as an admin assistant, it's, you know, tunnel vision. You know, we start to look, what are the different options available to me? What's the, again, what's the silver lining? Let's turn that negative situation around into a positive situation to see how can I you know, deal with this situation. And also, you know, bringing an army of people around you. I actually do have this thing I do whereby I don't know them personally, but I start to think about people who are experts in different fields. And when I'm going through a situation, I start to say, what would they do? This is my council of experts. What would this person do? What would that person do? And just start to open my mind to new opportunities. I love that council of experts. I certainly, you know, if I was to actually amass all of the women that I've spoken to over the last year on what she, she said, I would have such a great range of experts to lean on. So tell me about your book then, um, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. Where can people find that? And, and do you offer in there, again, is this full of ways for people to really start to adapt to the changes in their life? Yeah, so there are two things I have to help people. So I have the mindset one, which is a great book. And it shares about 21 various strategies that can help you change your mindset and change your life from your environment to, you know, um, things like how you think through situations to what's holding you back, barriers and how you overcome those things. So that's really great from moving because what mindset does is if we don't change our mindset or have a shift in our mindset, 
for every goal or every step we take forward, we will always have a step, move one step backwards. So that's a great book for anyone just struggling to try to think, how can I reposition myself to move forward? And then we also offer the Change Leadership Accelerator. So this is really good for professionals, you know, professional women who are thinking, how can I position myself as a change leader at work? So that's another one that is available. So we have the book, like you asked, available on Amazon, you know, worldwide, it's available there. And for the Change Leadership Accelerator, we have that on, they can find it on oliveblue.com or they can just reach out to me and I'll send out the link, you know. But okay, and where can they find you on social media? Oh, LinkedIn, Cedric, my name. I'm on LinkedIn, that's the first place to connect with me, but I'm also available on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all of it, but LinkedIn is my go-to. Okay. So uh, just quickly then, what's your handle on Instagram? So we can put that up on the My video. handle is Olive Blue Ink. Olive so Blue Ink. Yeah, Olive Blue Ink. That's it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today, Yvonne. This was great. Thank you for having me on what she said. I'm happy to be here today. Thank you. Joining me now for Saturday night at the movies is the lovely Ann Brody, who has a whole new list of shows we can't miss, plus some extras for Halloween. I do indeed. And I'd love to start with this fantastic documentary called uh, Jimmy Carter, Rock and Roll President. Now, I didn't know a great deal about him at the time. I wasn't that interested in politics, but I've discovered that he came from a very small town, Plains, Georgia, peanut farmers that was 80% black and that has shaped the way he his compassion and his inclusivity since you know the day he was born um, but the thing about this this documentary is that it has it traces the influence of rock music on him and on his election as president he credits the Allman brothers for winning it for him um, and you know Leonard Skinner wrote a song about him called Simple Man and just, you know, the, his, his goodness, his, his pureness of heart. Uh, do you know at 96, he's still going out and building homes for you, uh, habitats for humanity? He's still out there hammering nails with his wife. He is incredible, you know, and I remember way back, you know, again, this is one of those things where history judges you differently as time goes by. I remember when Jimmy Carter yeah. was president <laughs> and, you know, there was this sort of perception that he wasn't as intelligent as most should be and, right. and a little bit of a country bumpkin. But that uh, history has shown that he's actually a very kind, compassionate and obviously very smart man as well. And you know something, he only won one term and watching this film and hearing that was such a shock. You know, his, his goodness reigns and still we feel it today. Okay, so, so where can we catch that in? That is on, that is at Ted Rogers Hot Dog Cinema in Toronto, but it's also on their virtual cinema so anyone can watch it. Okay, excellent. So what else do you have for us? Okay, The Mole Agent. I wasn't too sure about it. It's a, it was a documentary from Chile about a man, an elderly man hired to go into a nursing home and stay there for a few months and dish the dirt on how the residents are being treated. 
So he goes in, I just, it was incredible to me that it was a documentary. It's so subtle and well-made. He goes in, he has problems with his smartphone uh, to, to call in his reports, but, and he finds his target, he calls her, um, and he, he makes such wonderful discoveries. All of these people, all they want is some attention and care and love. He starts to call their families to tell them to come and visit. He, he gives them of himself constantly, and he becomes a beloved member of the family. Uh, and of course, the result is that the people are doing all they could for their residents. You know, it, it just made me cry. It was so beautiful. And so uh, the trailer was incredibly heartwarming. I watched it when you sent it over to me. It's incredible. I'm definitely going to watch that. And where can we catch Good. that one? On VOD. Excellent. Okay. And uh, you've got a whole list of horror movies for us on what she said talk. But they're not horrific. They're just the kind of films that you and I like. They're elegant. They're beautiful. They're well-made. And I have a clip for each of them on the website. So you'll have to see those. Okay, excellent. And just quickly, I just want to touch on David Tennant. Like, does this guy ever stop? Between all these films and series and YouTube comedy uh, clips that he's making, I don't know how he sleeps or eats. He plays the father. This is a true story. He plays the father of a girl with uh, severe developmental difficulties. Her IQ, for whatever it's worth, is measured at 47. That's his daughter. He has so much trouble with her and his he has the patience of a saint. Um, but it's also very funny and very heartwarming. And that is on Britbox. Yeah, I watched that, again, I watched that trailer with, uh, with delight. It just seems so um, heartwarming. Uh, but you can see that the challenges that he's going through with that. Yeah, and I just want to very quickly mention a Canadian film, Happy Place, directed by Helen Shaver, with all kinds of big stars like Mary Walsh, about a girl who joins a community of care for women who've been traumatized. It's amazing. It didn't look like such a happy place. I hate to say that. <laughs> it's not a happy place, but, well, I won't tell you what, what does occur, but it's, it's encouraging and it's hopeful and it's full of love. And the acting seemed so intense. Oh my God, this. you've got Mary Walsh there. She's out of this world. And Sheila McCarthy, who plays, and I've met her, she's lovely. She plays one of the most irritating people you could ever meet in your life. So it's- That's a sign of a good actress when they can bug you that much. It's like Nellie right. from Little House on the Prairie. She's left me scarred forever. <laughs> uh, and thank you so much. Thank you so much Alrighty. for joining me today. Uh, we've got a full, all this full list and more on what she said, talk.com. And we'll see you next week. See you next week, Candace. Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. You would think being homebound, we would find ourselves with a surplus of time, and yet here we are in a time crunch. Between virtual learning and virtual work, it's virtually impossible to get anything done, and that includes making meals for our family. Abby Sharp is a registered dietitian, food writer, and blogger, author, new mom, founder of Abby's Kitchen Inc., and Heinz by Nature ambassador. 
Abby gets busy and understands that women everywhere are looking for easy ways to feed their families nutritious meals. Welcome to the show, Abby. Thank you so much for having me. So I remember well the juggling act, you know, a feeding of family plus a newborn, which you have, you have a baby at home. So what foods do you recommend every member of the family should have right now from baby's first foods to mom and dad? Yeah. So, I mean, it's really important that we're making sure to get lots of vitamin rich foods throughout the winter. We know we want to make sure we're supporting our immune system, of course. And although fruits and vegetables can be a lot harder to find during the winter months, stocking up on frozen produce throughout the fall, you know, that's a really great option as well. So um, I always have a full freezer full of, you know, fruits and vegetables. Also, I recommend stocking up your pantry full of, you know, good quality canned goods and packaged goods. So canned beans, canned lentils, whole grains like oatmeal, quinoa, brown rice, nut butters, and nuts and seeds. And then once the cooler months really, really kick in, and I know they're coming, um, these, all these things can be made into, you know, stews and soups and whole grain muffins and casseroles, all those comfort foods that we really love. And the really the whole family can get, on, get in on that. Um, and then for our little ones, when things like berries are not so available, I do suggest looking for pre-made purees that use natural and organic ingredients. So similar to what you may use in the warmer months yourself. So Heinz by Nature baby pouches are a really great option that offer a variety of flavors like banana, berry, and beet, and blueberry, and apple, and oat. And these really help baby get a variety of different foods, even in those winter months when maybe the fresh version is not so well available. Exactly. And, you know, I think a lot of us look at like frozen foods, for example, you're mentioning in the beginning, like it's not quite as good. I have read some studies that say it really captures the nutrients quickly. It uh, does. Absolutely. Yeah. So don't be fearful of, of frozen foods, uh, fruits and vegetables. They can be a really great economical and accessible option. So how are you managing, you know, cooking for a family and a baby, uh, you know, with so much on the go with your business as well? Um, how are you uh, saving time? Yeah, feeding the whole family and ensuring everyone's happy at mealtimes can obviously be a very difficult task for a lot of families, especially when you have kids who are at different stages of exploring solids. So I think finding convenient on-the-go options that you can feel good about, like the quick and simple Heinz by Nature baby pouches, that can really make mealtimes a lot easier and less stressful for families. Um, I also love taking grocery store grocery store shortcuts. So things like rotisserie chicken and picking up bagged salads or pre-chopped vegetables, frozen produce like we just talked about, canned beans and legumes, all of these can be so easy for you to just assemble into quick, wholesome meals and take the stress right out of dinner time. All right. So it's been a long, long time since I have had a baby in the house. So remind me, what are the best first foods to introduce a baby to? Yeah, so all babies, of course, are different when it, when it comes to starting solids, and, and you want to make sure that your particular child is ready. It's not like they just get to their six-month birthday and bam, we start solids today. Um, but we generally see that babies are starting to explore solids between four to six months, and we really want to focus on getting iron-rich foods, um, things like lentils, beans, eggs, as well as testing out those top 
um, allergens, so eggs and tree nuts. We used to think that we want to hold off on those things, and now we see that earlier exposure is actually better. And then from there, it's really important to introduce, you know, all of your family's favorite fruits and vegetables. So squash, carrots, apples, pears, berries, whatever your family really enjoys. And ideally, you want to introduce a variety to start their exposure to new foods nice and early. Yeah, you want to avoid those picky, picky eaters later in life. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I remember when my girls were little, uh, it was all about looking for things like preservatives and salt and sugar content. Uh, what has changed with Heinz by Nature? Yeah, so Heinz by Nature baby pouches are actually crafted with natural ingredients in acerola cherry, and it's made with simple processes like basic washing, chopping, heating, and pureeing, very similar to how parents would make baby food at home. So it's really a great pre-made option that you can feel good about. Yeah, I'd never heard of acerola cherry. So it's one of those things, you know, it's like, it just keeps getting better. You know, it's like when you see those, uh, I always see moms walking around with the, the strollers and I think, why didn't they have those when my kids yeah. were little? I know. I and can't wait to see what my kids are, are going to be hang, like walking around with and that time comes as crazy as that might sound. <laughs> I know. It's uh, things that just continually improve. It's great. Totally. So um, tell me then, um, you said one of the biggest challenges parents face is ensuring that kids like a variety of different foods as we discussed. So tell me about this book you're releasing in partnership with Heinz by Nature. Yeah, so this summer in partnership with Heinz by Nature, we actually launched a baby book called A Wonderful Meal from Nature. So it's an interactive baby book. It's really designed to help babies establish a healthy relationship with food. And the book just like playfully showcases the connection between food and nature, um, encourages babies to really embark on this journey of discovering the goodness of nature. So this fall, the book and some product samples are being distributed through Mom's Meat. So that way, new and, new and expected moms across the country can really get their hands on that resource. And the book is also popping up at little free libraries across Canada. And so that way families can get like a nice little fun and educational surprise when maybe they're feeling the strain of a lot of school and library closures this year. Okay, wonderful. So uh, if people want to find out more about Heinz by Nature Baby Food, where can they go? Yeah, so to learn more about Heinz by Nature, Canadians can visit um, www.heinzbaby.com and you can find the product in most major grocery retailers across Canada and also on Amazon. Okay, and you are obviously a wealth of information, so I would like people to obviously be able to connect with you as well. So best places for that? Yeah, abbyskitchen.com and on Instagram at abbyskitchen. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today, Abby. Thank you. That's it for What She Said for this week. Stay up to date with our newsletter by signing up at whatshesaidtalk.com and be sure to follow on social at What She Said Talk on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for videos of these interviews and more. Finally, be sure to subscribe to What She Said with Candace Sampson on Apple and Spotify for extended podcasts. I'll be back next week with more What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Previous episodes of What She Said on 1059theregion.com.